We have landed at a unique moment um, in, in the church in this month where we have been talking about, wow, we've been talking about legacy and we are talking about who we are as a people. And what the Lord is making us into as a corporate people and as the body of Christ and as we play our unique roles in the body of Christ. And Pastor Brendan last week, he talked about the value of relationships, relationship with God and relationship with others. He talked about you can't say that you love God and hate your brother. First John talks about all of that. I've been meditating on it for a solid month. Just first John the book of 1 John, about how lavish his love is for each and every one of us and how we prove our love to him by our obedience and our union with him and how we flourish in our union with him when we are one with him and when we do the things he asks us to do. And Pastor Brennan has been talking to us about discipleship, the need to come under the discipline of the Lord and what he's asking of us. And the the Bible says "Him, him who he loves, he disciplines. He prunes. You know, if you were living your life and you were fine and dandy and you know, you know, you were always good, I would say, here's the deal. The Bible says, whom he, who he loves, he prunes. He sharpens. And some people, and we all know this, that the sharpening of the Lord sometimes can be a little bit painful. But that's discipleship. And then he talked about evangelism, the need for the earth to know and see God. And we are the agents of that. Like God, you know, we are his, his, uh, his, his marketing plan on planet earth. His advertising plan on planet earth is through his sons and his daughters. And this morning, this passage of scripture came to me out of Psalm 145. And we're going to talk about three other areas um, of legacy, who we are as a people. But I want to I tie this directly to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So you can do these three areas on your own, but you only hit here instead of here. When you're in the kingdom, there's a capacity, um, there is potential that meets power that achieves greatness. When you're not in the kingdom, there is potential that achieves greatness, but it's void of the power of God. And I want to talk to you out of Psalm 145, verse 3 in the Amplified, it says this, great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And his greatness is, here's the Amplified, so vast and profound as to be unsearchable, incomprehensible to men. It's so vast, it is so profound, it's incomprehensible to men. One generation shall praise your works to another, and they shall declare your mighty and remarkable acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Here's what's interesting in this passage. It says, one generation shall praise, uh, another uh, translation says, commend, shall shout, shall laud your praises to another. How many people know you actually need to know what you're shouting? You have to actually experience the wondrous acts of God to be able to shout it to another generation. How do I know this? Culture is shouting a lot of things to another generation. There are a lot of things that are being passed on to generations because of, you know, the sin, the culture of one generation. And it says on the glorious, I will meditate on your glorious acts. We need a church that meditates on the works of God, right? That means that everyone has a personal responsibility. Oh, senior high, I I release you to go. Thank you. 
senior high if you're in here, you have your class. Thanks, Paul. You have to have something to pass on. The Bible says, on your wonderful works I will meditate. People will speak of the power of your awesome acts. One translation says, I will meditate on your works, they will speak. How many people know that sounds generational? I will meditate, my kids will speak. If I don't meditate, they won't speak. And they will do it with gratitude and submissive wonder. I will tell of your greatness. I will tell of your greatness. They will overflow like a fountain when they speak of your great and abundant goodness and will sing joyfully of your righteousness. The Lord, and this is what they'll say, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are all over his works. The entirety of things created. We see the responsibilities of the church. Is this a reality in our midst? That we have such a culture where we are meditating on the wondrous acts of God. We are seeing of his great vastness and his splendor. So much so that we're talking about it around dinner tables, um, at the bus stop, in the boardrooms. So that what we are talking about in moderation, the next generation talks about in overflow. Because there is a responsibility on us, once again, as we talk about legacy, to pass something on. There's a scripture in Habakkuk that's one of my favorite scriptures, because there's a song that always comes back to me when I hear it. But it says this in Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, or the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory, the kabod, uh, the glory of God, which speaks of the abundance of God, the reputation of God, the splendor of God. The Bible says that the earth will be full with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. How many people know where the Indian Ocean is and how vast it is? When we talk about the waters covering the sea, the Bible says that the the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. How was the glory of God revealed on the earth in creation? And you and I, male and female, in Jesus, the Bible talks about in his life, his, his death and his resurrection and his reign. That's why we're saying about the reign of God, you reign forever your kingdom will reign, forever your glory will be seen. And here's the kicker that I want to talk today about as it pertains to the three other core values. The glory of God is seen in the church when the church is filled with the spirit of God. When the church is filled with the spirit of God. And this morning I want to challenge you church, our church, our community. We are the church. Turn to somebody and say, you're the church. Turn to somebody else and say, you the church. So we're not talking about some other church down down the road, you know, the Presbyterian church. I'm talking to you guys. The Bible says that the glory of God is dispersed in the earth through the lives of the believers that walk in the spirit of God. This is why we have the arrival of the spirit in the early church. The Bible says in, in Acts 1, you will receive power, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness. Turn to somebody and say, my witness. Say God's witness. Not your witness. Not your mama's witness. But his witness. 
in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. That we are called to be a witness, to be filled with the spirit of God, to showcase and demonstrate and put on display the knowledge of our God. To puff up his reputation, to tell the world that there is someone to hope in. So the Lord said this to me the other day when I was prepping. He, sh- he said this, he said, Sharon, you have the choice to be or not to be, and that is the real question. I said to God, you're being a little cheeky here. I don't understand what you're saying. He said, to be or not to be, that is the real question of the church. And I said, okay, God, what are you talking about? He brought me to Ephesians 5, 15 to 19. It says this in the Passion. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are in evil times. We need wisdom. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. As you spend your life for his purposes. And don't be foolish and don't live foolishly for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. Don't live like a fool. You got to know what you're doing. And here it is. Don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled. Turn to somebody and say, be filled. With the fullness, turn to your next neighbor and say the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord Jehovah. Sounds like that overflow, right? One generation will meditate, the other will overflow. Keep speaking to each other with words of scripture, singing the songs of praise and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Be filled with the fullness of the Spirit. To be or not to be. This is the question of the modern day church. Are we going to move in the power of the fullness of the spirit to put him on display, to see his rule, his reign, his kingdom expanded? Or are we going to be church people that come, do a little worship song here and there, give a little money in the offering bucket and live in dead religion? This is the hour to be or not to be. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. We got to welcome a lifestyle of fullness. In Canadian culture, we're a little bit comfortable with, you know, I got a little bit for me and mine. But God's saying, be full with the fullness of the spirit of God. That relational dynamic kicks in this principle. That what the spirit does now in us will be lived out in the future. What God does in a people right now will be lived out in the future. There's continuity. So if we yield to the spirit of God, we welcome him here. We we create a dwelling place. We are the temple of the living God. We are a dwelling place for God. But if we create a corporate dwelling place for God, that one generation commits to living in 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 a particular way where the spirit of God is able to move, then another generation rises up in normal Christian culture. Of power. So I want to talk to you today about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as it pertains to these three core values for us as a church. And the core values are creativity, excellence, and the supernatural. And all of these are an outflow of a lifestyle of being filled by the Spirit of God. Creativity, you may say, well, I don't paint, I don't draw, I don't rap, I don't sing. No, no, creativity is way beyond that. 
It translates to business deals, innovation, going through processes where God begins to download ideas that literally shape and form culture. He is the creator. We were created in his image. So he gave us the capacity to create. And when we create, we reflect the very nature of God. That's why we don't want to sleep on our creativity. Holy Spirit, when we're filled, we operate in a spirit of excellence. The Bible says in Psalm 8 that his name is called excellent. How excellent is your name in all the earth? We're going to talk about what that looks like in stewardship. And then the supernatural. He is a supernatural God. And the Bible says in John 14 that greater works will we perform than Jesus. In fact, in that passage of scripture, he says, yeah, greater works will you do. And I will go and I will leave you somebody who will help you with the greater works. Who is that? The Holy Spirit. So we're going to start with creativity. This is something that's so dear to my heart. I would, I would deem myself as creative. Um, I'm super, super creative. Um, I believe we all are creative. Um, and I love creativity in the kingdom of God. Um, creativity is important as we walk this earth, once again, to showcase the glory of God. Because as we are filled with the spirit of God, and as we begin to create we begin to creatively express a narrative of victory and hope. There is a world that needs to see a storyline of victory and hope. A narrative of victory and hope. There is a narrative that is being pumped out every single day on news media. This is how many deaths so-and-so got shot in du at Dufferin and Keel. Dufferin and Keel, do they? I don't know if they, they don't. Okay, they don't. Young in Eglinton, did they? Okay, okay, thanks. Young in Eglinton, somebody got shot there. You know, there was another mugging here. There was another um, fallout here. The government doesn't know that the, the, the national debt has gone up. That is a storyline of despair and depression. But as believers, we get to creative, creatively communicate a storyline of victory and hope. That's your mandate. That's why you got to get your life straight because you are a walking billboard of victory. You should be a walking billboard of victory and hope. Creativity is the vehicle by which God shows his nature. We hear his voice and we see his glory. He did it in creation. Look at the heavens. You know, you, you can go, there are places in the earth where you walk and you're like, there must be a God. There must be a God. How did this come to be the beauty, such beauty? And we, as he has created all things, he left us with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to create. There's a man by the name of Al Gordon um, who pastors a, a church in, um, in England, in London, in East London, in Hackney. Um, Hackney has, a, has a, a narrative of not being the ghetto, you know, of East London. And they are going through a process of the um, revitalization of the Church of England. And he took a building, an old building, and he recreated the whole building. He renovated it because he wanted to create what he called a cathedral of creativity. He wanted people to walk into a building and be like, wow, there must be a God, instead of walking into an old church building and be like, God left this building a long time ago. He said this, the future of the church is one of recovering wonder. 
God is calling our generation and the next generation to see a sunrise of wonder. And the church is God's creative industry. God wants every generation to be captivated by a sunrise of wonder. He wants us to stop, stand still, and pause and be like, there must be a God. Wonder. But we have got to be the vehicle of that. It's interesting. How many people grew up in the 80s and 90s? 80s and 90s. Okay. There was a group that uh, produced a song. I did not listen to them. In fact, my prophetic self could not, I couldn't even write, I won't even lie, I was trying to type this in to my notes, and I could feel what I felt years ago off this song. It was a song by the, uh, the group Soundgarden called Black Old Sun. I don't know if you remember that. And that song, some of you weren't born, okay. That song carried so much gloom and despair and depression that it had the capacity to create an environment over a generation that made people feel a kind of way that was not a kingdom kind of way. And every time I think about that song, I think about the capacity that God has placed in his people, in male and female, let's just say it that way, and then in the church to create art, music, business, things that, are, that become a canopy of victory and hope. Like what level of capacity resides on the inside of you that you plus the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Spirit can literally shift a generation and the generations to come? How many people know the song by Beyonce, Single Ladies? All the single, what they do with the hand? All the single ladies, all the, like that, right? Okay. How many people know there are people who are not single singing the song? It's like the, 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 the old 75-year-old man is singing single ladies. Because the song, has, the song has so much weight, everybody's bopping to it. Michael Jackson, oh my gosh. Like a musical legend. Where are those that will carry creativity at that level in the body of Christ? And I'm not talking about in music only. I'm talking about in business. I'm talking about, I'm, oh man, I'm talking about we need to pray. God, give me one idea that will change the mental health crisis in Canada. I'm talking about God, give me the lyrics to song that will lead a generation into your arms. We're so churchy sometimes. We don't even understand that we are it. We are the creative industry on planet Earth for the creative industry of heaven. Nobody else is coming. In fact, everybody else has come and is trying to write a different narrative. We've got to keep our edge sharp. Because art speaks, beauty inspires, music, music tells us how to feel and where to go. And we need creativity. Because here's the thing, the next generation, they're getting their marching order, orders through media. Everything that we're sitting in right now is because of someone's idea at a breakfast table. Take up that idea and actually see it come to pass. We've got to allow our dreams to dance in our imagination. We've got to allow our dreams to dance on the canvas of our imagination. What does that mean? That means that good idea, pull it out, think about it. We've got to date our dreams. 
We've got to take our dreams to the coffee shop, block an hour, sit down, like look at it, dream, give space for the Holy Spirit to breathe on it. Allow him to brood over it. I'm talking about this individually, but also corporately. There are people in this room that need to hook up with other people in this room that have got a great kingdom idea and let's see it actualized. You've got it. You've got to allow the Lord, the incubation process to be complete. The problem in the body of Christ is so many of us give up because we don't have courage. We don't think we're it and we get, we get pushed away by fear. There's no different than, you know, from you, you know, let's take who? Naila and, and some of our singers. And then Justin Bieber. I mean, Justin Bieber is a little bit different, but, you know, he's Justin Bieber. But you talk to his mom, who is a born-again believer. She is. Who's praying her face off for her son because she knows that he has a capacity in his creativity to shape the entire world. We got to know who we are. God, give us one idea. The Lord said this to me in worship in second service. He said, stop doing pop-up shops of creativity. Let your creativity have continuity. Some of us, we get, we get this great idea. We pop up. We're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we disappear. Nowhere to be found. You're not in the stall at the mall anymore. We can't find you. We've got to develop continuity in the body of Christ. The Bible says in Exodus 31, verse 1 to 5, the Lord said to Moses, see, I've called by name Bezael, the son of Uri, the son of Ur of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God. There we go with the spirit. With ability, intelligence, with knowledge, all craftsmanship to vise artistic designs to work in gold, silver, bronze, and cutting stones for setting and carving wood to work in every craft. Bezaliel, or however you pronounce his name, he was a chief artisan to build the tabernacle, to build a dwelling place for the glory of God. God. We are the temple of the living God. We want to create, we want to house corporately here at Toronto City Church, the weighty presence of God so that people's lives can be transformed and changed. And we've got to meet with the Holy Spirit so we can have the fullness of what he wants to do. Craig Rochelle is a leadership coach or leadership guy uh, who pastors a church and um, I was doing a, a conference out in Western Canada and it was affiliated with Craig Rochelle and he was one of the speakers and he said, um, he said that in the culture of his church, he said one of the things that he cements into the core values of his leadership team is this line of thinking. He says, they all repeat this, we do not insult God with small thinking. That's in their culture. We don't insult God with small thinking. So they live out of that place. That our God, creator of the universe, who's placed creativity and ability within us, that we are made in his image. Therefore, when we come, when we begin to think, we need to think big or go home. And I'm not saying that, oh my gosh, you know, you're the worst of all. You just have like a little small idea. No, I'm just saying, don't, don't stop at a false finish line. Allow God to enlarge, give God space in your dream, in the dream he placed in your heart, really. And if you think you can do this, you can step here. Allow God to move you here. Allow God, that's why you need friends. 
You need friends that look at you and say, that is great, let's take it further. That is great. God says he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ever imagine or think. That's small thinking, let's take it bigger. That's number one in our core values of the three we're talking about today. I'm gonna speed it up. I want you to pray this with me right now. Just say, God, help me to see what you want me to see and to create what you want me to create. In Jesus' name, amen. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The second one is excellence. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to steward what he has placed in your hands, to steward greatness. The world defines excellence as this. It is greatness measured by extraordinary accomplishment. The world says, oh, you're amazing, you, you, you know, you're excellent because you're the CEO of Sony, or you're excellent because you're the CEO of Procter & Gamble, or whatever the case may be. But godly excellence is greatness that is measured by extraordinary stewardship. In the kingdom, it's all about stewardship. So we as a people at Toronto City Church, we want to be excellent. We want to steward our lives well. And when I was thinking about biblical characters that steward their, li that steward their life well, I was brought to the book of Daniel. I don't know if you guys know the story of Daniel. The skinny on him was that he was taken as a teen um, from his homeland. Home he was actually a prisoner of war. And he was placed in, Bab in the Babylonian culture um, in exile as a teen. Um, but as he grew, he served at the highest levels of government during Israel's 70-year Babylonian captivity. And it's interesting in the life of Daniel is that Daniel, this is what I love about him, this thing gets me like, he gives him all the applause. Daniel, in the middle of cat captivity, still lived and maintained a lifestyle of excellence. How many of us, when we're in the worst of the worst, do we maintain a lifestyle of excellence? What did that look like for Daniel? Number one of what it looked like is that Daniel had character. The Bible doesn't clearly lay out any major character issues or flaws. He wasn't like David and slept with Bathsheba. He wasn't like Samson. You know, Samson did a lot of stuff. Samson did a lot. He wasn't like some of the other Bible characters, but he maintained a, a character that did not have any major flaws on his record. So what does that mean for us as we create and curate an environment of excellence? That means we have to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we may produce the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. You, when's the last time you heard a conference on the fruit of the Spirit? Everybody come out. The preacher's going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Nobody's coming. where we're going to be raising the dead and we're going to be, Jesus is going to show up in the flesh, right? But when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, that that is produced out of your union with God where he prunes you. Patience, self-control. So we, if we as personally and corporately as a church want to steward the glory of God, we want to be a walking billboard of the knowledge of God, we've got to deal with the issues of character. What does that mean? You've got to deal with your hidden sinful lifestyle. 
You've got to deal with, you know, your mind, bad attitude. Because it doesn't produce the fruit that God would want us to produce as we steward his glory. The Bible says in Proverbs 10 verse 9 in the Amplified, he who walks in integrity and with moral character walks securely. You want to walk securely? Walk with moral character and integrity. But he who takes a crooked way will be discovered and punished. If you take a crooked way, you're going to be discovered and you're going to have to give account for what you've done. When I was prepping this, the Lord told me on this one of character, he said, he said, challenge my people regarding their attitudes. Most of us are not, you know, down at the club, drinking, partying, sleeping around, cussing. I mean, most of us, I don't think we are. But the thing that I can fall trapped to, and I know some of you can too, is your attitude, your character, your attitude. We got to deal with those things. Number two in this whole area of excellence is conviction. You got to set boundaries for your life, biblical boundaries. Daniel didn't eat the king's food. He resisted it, partly because um, he was a Hebrew and probably they were eating a lot of meat. There's probably blood in the meat. They've got laws about that, so he couldn't do that. But he resisted. He lived a lifestyle with boundaries. Our culture says, there's no boundary. Do what you want to do. If you feel like this today, do it. If you feel like that tomorrow, do it. If you want to be a cat, if you want to, whatever. No boundaries. But as we live a Christian life, the Bible is full of, not suggestions, but truths to live by. And the Holy Spirit, once again, be filled with the fullness of the Spirit, convicts our hearts. We live with conviction. That means how I act in one way, in one context, needs to be how I act in another context. I'm not going to do this because I have boundaries. Y'all can do it. I, it's one of the things I tell my son. My son was talking about uh, the basketball world, and he was talking about all these stars and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, LeBron this, and oh, you know, some of these guys. There was one guy, I can't remember what his name is, Pastor Sam, you may know, who got, like, had some drug charge, not drug, gun. What's it? Jamarant? That guy. My husband's not here, so he won't hear me, you know, randomly off about that guy. Um, And then, you know, other ones doing drugs and stuff. I said, bro, I said, let this be, to my son, not my husband, bro, let this be, because he calls me bro too, bro, bro. I said, let this be an example for you, that if you don't set non-negotiable boundaries, biblical non-negotiable things, you will end up rolling with the crowd and next thing you know, you end up in jail and you lose your, your, your NBA whatever. Career, thank you. <laughs> you gotta have convictions. You gotta live by convictions. You gotta set boundary lines. Number three in excellence. You gotta have courage. The Bible says in Acts, that we, Acts 1 verse 8, that we will receive power. What I think is wrapped up into that power, it is dunamis, it is might, it is courage. Boldness to do what is right, that is an excellent spirit. Everybody's saying, we're gonna go do this. And you're like, no, I'm not. And you know in Canadian culture, we don't like that because basically the crowd's here and you just stepped out. No, actually, I'm not going. Boldness to do what is right. The Bible says to love righteousness and to hate wickedness. 
It's a prayer that I pray over my kids every single day. God, give them a love for righteousness and a hatred for wickedness. And the courage to stand up when everybody else is doing something else and say, not I. The Holy Spirit makes you a bold witness. The Bible said the righteous are as bold as a lion. Number four in this thing of excellence that we found. And David, and once again, Daniel, sorry, had courage. He had conviction. He was consistent. Consistency speaks of an excellent spirit. Faithful and steadfast. Sticking to the script that God is outlining and recognizing that our obedience is what we will be held accountable for. Sticking to the script. What are you asking me to do? I I respond in obedience. That is what I'm going to stand before God one day to give account for. Consistency. Dwelling in the land and cultivating faithfulness. There's a... um, Instagram, a singer, um, she's in the States, um, and she's a believer, and she wrote something, she posted something on her Instagram just the other day that I thought was so powerful. She said, we need to focus on increasing our faithfulness, not on gaining influence. How, we need to focus on increasing our faithfulness, not on gaining influence. Influence will come, but trust me, if you are joined with the spirit of God. You make wise decisions. You will, the Lord will give you favor with men and favor with him. But I believe that one of the things that the Lord is asking as we're talking about being filled with the spirit, as we're talking about this core value of excellence is that the Bible says many people can boast about their, their ways, but who can find a faithful man? God wants us to be faithful. Toronto City Church, God is making us to be faithful, consistent people. That steward what God has entrusted to us well. Consistency. I was thinking about the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 and how the, 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 the guy had distributed talents to different ones and ones went and multiplied it and there was one that went and buried it. And the Lord was speaking to me about this excellent spirit and about stewardship because excellence is about stewardship and he said this to me. He said, tell them, don't bury your talent here at Toronto City Church. Don't just stick it in the ground and be like, I was afraid to do it, so I buried it. That was the parable of the talent. That last guy, he buried it. He's like, I knew you were a mean leader and I just buried it. No, God is calling each and every one of us as we corporately steward what God is doing here to rise up with our talent to do something with it and watch it multiply. So I say to you, Toronto City Church, for those of you, the, body, the Bible says he places people in the body because of what the body needs. So I, in this moment, I call you out of the place of fear and hiding your talent. Some of you need to be on the stage playing, worship leading, ministering to the kids, being at the help desk. Some of you need to be volunteering all over the church because it's part of excellence. So that when people come in to taste and see that the Lord is good, they're met with excellence because everybody plays their part. The Lord said this to me, that we need to choose stewardship over perfection. There's a difference. If you set yourself to pursue perfection, you'll become religious and you'll become the critical kind. That we're not looking for perfection, we're looking for stewardship which just says, yeah, I'll show up. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be in good character. I'm not gonna cuss people out at the door when they run me over by the, with their car or whatever. Not run. No, no. Okay. No, no. When they take my spot, sorry. When they take my spot in the parking lot or my spot in church, I'm not gonna cuss them out. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's getting late. The hour the hour has come. Excellence can be seen in attitude and follow through. You want to show me someone who is excellent, they finish the task and they finish it with a good spirit. And what is the Lord entrusting to us in this thing of excellence? How does it play out in Toronto City Church? It plays out in hospitality. He has entrusted to us souls. And we've got to be faithful with the little so we can be ruler over much. Everybody wants to be fancy dancy up on a mic doing all this different stuff. But can you smile at the person who comes through the door next to you? How do we steward the people that the Lord is bringing? So regarding this area of excellence, I want you to pray this with me. This is what the Lord said to me. He said that God would remove from me an attitude that says it's not that big of a deal. Because what happens to count, what, ha- what diminishes excellence is somebody else will do, it's not that big of a deal. I kind of did it 10%. You know, I did the, the 90%, 10% not that big of a deal. No, when you press to the, the 100% mark and how you steward what the Lord is doing in your life, your business idea, your family, you know, your, your, your um, ushering position, you're doing it unto the Lord. He takes notice. Let's remove an attitude of it's not that big of a deal. Somebody else would do it. And the last one here, and we're done. Almost done. Almost, almost done. Is the supernatural. This one is big for me. This is, this is one of the biggest things that I press into, that I'm believing the Lord for my own life, that I know I'll stand before the Lord regarding this issue of the supernatural power of God. Either you're God or you're not. Either you are who you say you are. When I read these stories in the Bible, they are not just random fables that never existed. No, this is the word of God. He is the living word. I have encountered this man, Jesus. And the supernatural, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Once again, on this day of Pentecost, as we remember, so that we can see people set free. A foundation of the supernatural in a church culture is this. It is sensitivity to the spirit of God. What is he wanting to do and what is he saying? Every time I come in, in, in at Toronto City Church on a Sunday morning through worship, my ears are attuned to what are you saying and what do you want to do? Because often what he is saying and what he wants to do has to do with freedom. It is important that we understand that we carry the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the love of the Father into every circumstance. I want to move the needle for you. This is a core value for us, that every time you step into a room, you carry the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the love of the Father. That means every single time you walk into a room, there is the potential for a shift in the atmosphere. I'm just telling you about who you are. 
Because when you walk with that kind of mentality and you walk in excellence and you walk in creativity, we church family, we body of Christ have the power to shift the culture. But part of the problem is, is we don't know who we carry. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We don't walk in the gifts of the spirit as it is laid out in 1 Corinthians 12. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. So God is inviting us in these moments, in this era of time on Pentecost Sunday to be stirred up in the spirit, in the gifts of the spirit. Because there's a broken world that is waiting for you. There is somebody else on the other end of your obedience. This is what the Lord said to me, that we need to pray this. God, would you set me free from, fill in the blank, what is ever is in your life, so that I can be a walking billboard of freedom and set others free. Each and every one of us need to take account. What are you bound to? I, I, I had to do it this morning. I'm like, what is it that I'm not free in? Because we're talking about out of Psalm 145 that one generation will praise your works to another. I got nothing to praise if I'm not free. What am I saying? Oh, you know what? I'm just passing on a generational habit or curse, right? God wants you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And then he wants you to be a walking billboard. So everybody you come in contact with is like, what is it you got? No, I'm not drinking wine. I am filled with the fullness of the spirit of God. Why are you so happy? I'm happy because I know Jesus. And I said this in first service, your kids will know. For those of you who have kids, your kids know when you're not free. Your kids know when you're not free. I was with, um, I'll close with this, I was with Shiloh, I was speaking at a, at a um, conference in the States um, with one of my mentors, like probably the biggest conference I've ever spoken at, thousands of people. I was so nervous. So nervous. And I remember sitting on the front row and I was literally, I was shaking because my, one of my spiritual moms, um, she had entrusted me. She gave me a speaking spot and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy, crazy, crazy. And I didn't want to botch it. So I was like inundated by thoughts of you can't do it. You don't have it. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to trip on the stairs and fall flat. Everyone's going to laugh, like all this stuff. I'm sitting on the front row. I know you laugh because you know, we know this, this is what hits your head, you know? And it's like, I'm sitting on the front row and I'm like, and I'm trying, and I'm, I'm like shuffling and I'm trying to get my stuff together. I'm like, okay, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. And Shiloh leans over to me. She taps me. She says, mom, you got this. You don't have to be afraid. You got this. Get up there. And I was like, get up there. I was like, okay, kid. I was like, but she knew. And I want to model something for my son and my daughter that showcases how big God is. I want them to be talking about it in the school, on the basketball court, when they're sitting down at Harvey's, 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 Harvey's. I want them to be talking about it, but I've got to live it so they can talk about it. Can they see, can your children, can the next generation, these Gen Z's, these whiz kids that are pragmatic, that are innovative, entrepreneurial, can they see Christ in you? Demonstrated. Do they see a sunrise of wonder? What is this God? What is it, mom? How do you do? What is all this? Because that's what we need to pass on to them. So we need to pray those prayers. God set me free. 
Some of you, it's a porn addiction. God, set me free. Some of you, it is chronic anxiety and fear. God, break through for me on, my, on this thing. Some of you, it is, it is um, insecurity, just the, the chatterbox of you're not enough. You know, he's not going to provide. You're not this. God, would you set me free? Because freedom is beautiful. Freedom is inspirational. Freedom is like, man, it is a sign and a wonder. Especially, once again, you look at Daniel. He was in exile, but he presented an excellent spirit. And part of that is is freedom. So I want to pray for you this morning. Once again, on Pentecost Sunday, as the scripture says, be ye filled to the fullness with the spirit of God so that we can fulfill what it says in Habakkuk that the glory that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea so that when we encounter people on our job our neighbor even our children that they see the glory of God the knowledge of God they see he is gracious slow to anger that he is provider that he comes through on his promises There's a generation that is looking for that God, not a God that is presented in dead religion. How many times I went to church and I paid my tithes and I did this, no, 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 no. God, may you return awe and wonder to your church. God, may we come out of hiding when it comes to our talents, creativity, Father, may we put aside the excuses that stop us from stepping into the very thing you created us for. The very thing that has the capacity to shift the education system, the classroom, the neighborhood moms. God, may we give our yes and volunteer in the day of your power. And I thank you that God, we do it. And when we do it, you're alongside us as our helper. God, purify our hearts this morning in the areas where our character does not match what is your biblical standard. Forgive us for the things that we have done that have missed your mark. And Father, I pray that as each and every one of us go from this place, would you sharpen our blade this morning? Make us sharp in you. Make us strong in you in the power of your might, your might. Come on, just take a moment where you are. I want you to ask the Lord, God, where are the areas? Have you, have you let a dream fall to the ground that you know was God? Have you not been excellent in your character, in your convictions, in your courage, in your consistency? Let the Spirit of the Lord speak to you this morning. If you're living a Christian walk that is void of power, the gifts of the Spirit in operation, I want you to begin to ask God, God, would you stir up the gifts in me? God, would you give me opportunities to prophesy, opportunities for word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I will be used by you, God. I'm not hiding anymore. So, Father, I thank you 
for our church family and legacy. I thank you that you're doing something so remarkable in our congregation that a generation will look and say, there must be a God. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I promise you this. Pastor, you can come. I promise you this. There are some of you that when we were singing that song, Rise Up, Holy Spirit Rise within us, I actually saw like a, like, um, and I don't even know how this happens, but it was like drilling for water, drilling for oil, and it was like a gush that came up. And I honest to God believe that there's some of you that are sitting, that are in this room, that are sitting in this room, are sitting on some pretty substantial ideas that just require your courage, that creativity. I just wanted to add, really good job, Pastor Sharon. I felt like I was just... It's really hard. Just getting hit up, convicted, and cut up inside out. You know, Dr. Miles Monroe said this, that... um, Lack is a result of mismanagement. Whatever we mismanage, we lose. Whatever we mismanage, we lose. So even in your creativity and even in the dreams of your heart, and there are some of you who you've, you've had dreams and, and, and visions and hopes and dreams, and you really thought that they were just your own. They were just like something that you came up with all along there it was the Lord speaking to you and inviting you into this place of creativity because he is a creative God looking to advance his kingdom the way that he does it he wants to partner with you and give you ideas and where we mismanage when we don't date our dreams where we don't think about our dreams where we don't action point our dreams we end up mismanaging them and losing them and they fall through our fingers and because the Lord needs and wants to advance his kingdom, he'll pick the one that says, here I am, Lord, to send me. And I don't know about you, I don't want something that was entrusted to me to be given to somebody else because I'd mismanaged. And I was listening to, as I was listening to Pastor Sharon, man, I was just doing some repenting because I have probably like 15 unfinished songs in my phone. Who here, who here is a psalmist? Who here writes songs? Come on, put your hand up. If you write songs, tell the truth. Do you have unfinished songs in your phone? Finish those songs, man. Who here has unfinished business ideas written somewhere in your in your mind, in your head, in your look around, look around, look around. Keep your hand up. There's no shit. Know what you do? You find somebody that has their hand up and you go and start to talk to them and start to dream together. And watch what happens. Dream together. Watch what happens. No, who here has ideas for the education realm? Right? Look around. Look around. Keep your hands up. We are a family. This is your brother. These are your brothers. These are your sisters. Keep your hand high. High, 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 high. 
Look around. These are your brothers and your sisters. Find them. Dream together. See how you can partner and advance the kingdom of God. Because the Lord has made us. Absolutely, I knew you would have something to say. (laughs) Sorry, I said this in first service and the Lord reminded me that I feel like God is making the church in this hour a place of startups and that the Lord would be breathing on startups. It's like we see a lot of startups come out of Silicon Valley and different places. I just feel like for a lot of believers, we just don't actually think that God would do that in the context of his church and his people. It's like we have to go somewhere else for that to happen. But even as Pastor Samuel was talking, I, I really, it, God brought it back to my mind that there's an aspect of the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, that, that needs to be advanced, particularly in the marketplace that is going to re- that is going to require certain minds that come out of the kingdom to be involved in that. And I want you to close your eyes for a second because I actually just, it, God reminded me of it when I sat down. If you are a, if you are a mindset, oh, there we go. Just toying in with our mindset. If you are a business-minded person that feels like the Lord is calling you, to develop concepts and ideas and business to go through processes that produce not just like wild ideas but to produce things that shift economy and different things I want you to just throw your hand up all hands closed okay that's a lot of y'all so father right now I just pray for us at Toronto City Church as we're talking about acting and stewardship father I ask right now Holy Spirit, that you would bring just a breath of fresh air to each one of these ones. Father, I'm asking right now, even in the realm of the Spirit, Father, you talk about the angelic that are are, are to serve the heirs of salvation. Father, we ask right now for the movement, the the opening up of opportunities right now, the networking that needs to happen. Father, the little things that keep the idea from fully being materialized, bring those things now in Jesus' name so that we can do what you need us to do. On the back of that, if you are in this place and you feel a call to the entertainment industry, so acting, um, specifically acting, I want to pray for you also. Can you just wave at me? So, Father, I thank you, Father, for for these hands that went up. God, I ask, God, just like you did with Daniel, that you would give these ones the boldness to stand and stand for what is righteousness, Father, and what is right. God, I thank you, Father, for open doors. And, Father, for those who have laid down their dreams because they felt like it was impossible to achieve. God, I I pray, Father, for fresh hope in the name of Jesus. For fresh hope in the name of Jesus. And, God, collectively, we repent for despising the gifts that you've given us. Let's just take 30 seconds as we close this. 
And if you feel in your heart that you haven't stewarded an aspect of some of the dreams that the Lord has given you, can you just take a moment to repent before the Lord and ask the Lord for forgiveness? Father, collectively we repent for not stewarding your heart well, not stewarding your gift well, not stewarding the time that you've given us well, God. God, we ask for a fresh hope. Father, where unbelief has come in, God, we ask for a fresh hope. God, where hope deferred has come in, we ask for a fresh hope. God, I ask that you would heal our hearts. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, wasn't this an amazing Sunday? I love a God that reminds us that He's just made us for amazing things. That He He hasn't made you to be average. He made you to be supernatural. Tell your neighbor, God made me. Look at your neighbor and say, God made me to be supernatural come on man well if you are a first time guest here at Toronto City Church thank you so much for being here thank you so much for visiting us we have a gift for you right outside those doors we want to shake your hand we want to make sure that you feel welcome we want to make sure that if you have a prayer request that we get to pray with you so please before leaving outside these doors there is there's going to be someone at at that table who would love to shake your hand give your gift and pray with you next Sunday we have a surprise for you say tell turn to your neighbor I know how to speak turn to your neighbor say next Sunday next Sunday next Sunday we have our pastor's pastor here with us from the United States from Atlanta Georgia Bishop Flynn and Lady Carolyn Johnson who will be with us if you've never heard the minister or speak you are in for a treat they'll be here all of next Sunday for both services so invite a friend it is going to be amazing June 11th just a few things so that's a highlight June 11th is going to be it's called our new to church meeting so if you're new to church you've been kind of testing the waters trying to figure out if this this family is for you and you want to learn more about what we do how we do it I want to personally invite you to this meeting it will be June 11th after service after second service you do not want to miss miss it We'll, we'll give you a little bit of refreshment we'll talk to you and make sure to answer any questions that you have amen amen last but not least I want to say that we I want to first thank you for being super generous if you are part of Toronto City Church I know firsthand that we are a generous church we give so thank you so much for your generosity for being faithful in your giving and if you would like to continue to give or give your tithe and your offering there are multiple ways that you can do it here at Toronto City Church you can do it via e-money transfer email money transfer which is online you can give via Tidely or you can give at the debit terminal which is outside you use your visas or your debit card and that is for your offering tithe and offering and then we have a special offering that I am excited about it is called the legacy offering and what this has to do this thing of legacy is we are laying up an inheritance for future generations to come 
none of you guys are excited about that. We are <laughs> laying up an inheritance for future generations to come. That right there is exciting. Why? Because future generations will go into a time where you can't go. You are equipping them to go into a time where you won't be able to go. So the way that we do it, we'll do it with our money, we do it with our time, we do it with our effort, we do it with our wisdom. So in not next Sunday, the Sunday after, we will be taking up our legacy offering. And it's an opportunity to lay an inheritance for generations to come. For you to leave a lasting impact. So we will have more information about that in the coming weeks. And with that, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for my family, for everyone that is under the sound of my voice. God, I bless them, God. I thank you, Father, for the seeds that have been planted in our hearts, God. I thank you that we will be a people that are excellent. God, that we would not compromise, that we would hate wickedness and love righteousness, God. God, I thank you that we would desire to be supernatural people. God, that we would not insult you with our small thinking. Whew. And God, I ask, Lord, that you give us a heart to be faithful to steward well the dreams that you've given us, God. That we would not bury the talents in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for everyone as they go home for safety. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. Have an amazing Sunday. Please, if you remember who raised their hand when you raised their hand for business ideas and for music and so on and so forth, go meet the person, shake their hand, drink together, find time maybe to take them out for coffee and steward dreams together. Have a good Sunday, family.